you got to make sure you stay into in a place of understanding that the setbacks that you may encounter, the rejection that you may encounter will work for you if you decide that they should be. If you decide that it can work for you, it will. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Push Podcast. This is episode, uh, well, I don't have my co-host with me, so I don't even know. This is like 171, 172. I don't even know if you actually care what number this is. But as you can see and hear, I am solo today. Uh, it is lonely, um, quite depressing. Uh, my wife is uh, out of town. She is in New Jersey as I record this, which is an odd place to be. I don't know if she's built for that kind of cold weather. I know New Jersey could be really cold right now, but uh, she is uh, out there with a business owner and um, helping out someone with their business, So, uh, which is really, really cool. And I am here. So my what in the world is my wife leaving me here to record the Push podcast all by myself. But I hope that I can uh, bring it and make sure that um, I provide some value to you today and make sure that our time is well worth it. Right. And so I want to say I appreciate anyone who's listened to the Push podcast. Our podcast is continuously growing uh, and more and more of you um, reach out to us and, and, you know, and just have some really wonderful words to, to, to just thank us. So. Um, I want to just jump right into it. So a couple things went in my mind as I kind of thought about this show today. And I was thinking like, you know, we do a lot of what in the worlds, right? And a lot of times the what in the worlds are funny and, you know, that we are trying to, you know, make light of encounters. But my what in the world is about, I don't, I had a moment of like crazy anger, this past week. Uh, and and this is interesting because we were at a, a dinner date with some friends and they were talking about, and some of the friends that were there knew me from high school and, and said that I had a little bit of a tempered uh, issue back in high school. But uh, I find myself to be a calm, cool, collected individual. And most people who interact with me would see that. But I had a moment, y'all. I had a moment where I lost it. Okay. So, you know, usually on the road, I am mild-mannered, I'm cool. I never, ever really experienced road rage ever. And I know that some of you are out there, you probably experience road rage consistently. Maybe you're on a road a lot and people are inconsiderate to you or you find them to be be inconsiderate. And so maybe you respond in a way that is maybe not the best way to respond, but I get it. So I was on the road driving and I'm driving, I'm minding my own business. And the lane I'm in uh, is actually veering off and and basically they're closing the lane. And so I am driving and I'm trying to uh, like merge over. And as I try to merge over a car, a truck, like a large van, I should say, speeds up to cut me off. Now, I I don't know about you, but I don't understand that. Right. And so I, I was in front of this person and all of a sudden this person decides 
they no longer want to let me have the right away. Um, in fact, they don't like me. For some reason, they want to cut me off and, and actually speed up so that I cannot get over. And I'm at a point now where there's cones that are they're veering me off to the right. And now this person has cut me off. So I am like, now I got to make a decision. Do I try to accelerate, which could be dangerous, or do I decide to just hit my brake? And the rational side of me, the more, the, the probably more consistent personality type for myself was to slow down, like whatever, go. But for whatever reason, I had this surge of ego and testosterone that just flared up out of nowhere. It even made me sweaty. <laughs> and so I I sped up like like a crazy person. And this person had the same uh, charge of ego or testosterone, whatever it was, and they sped up as well. So at this point, I'm hitting cones. Like, y'all, I'm like hitting cones like brr, brr, brr. And at that point, I was like, oh, I'm going to mess up my car. And so I decided to, to um, reduce my speed and get behind this person. But I can't tell you why I did that. I, it, I mean, I, I, was, I was telling Janelle about this and I was like, I, I had lost my mind for a second. I had like stepped into this other person that felt that it was super important to be in front of this person, which was completely stupid and completely reckless. But then you know you're at that point where you have to look at this person. Like for whatever reason, I needed to see this person face to face and say, to, and like, and not to flip them all because I don't think that that's you know I, I never found any pleasure in you know sticking my middle finger at someone. So I never ever have done that. But I just needed to see who is this this hostile, uh, villainous person that has you know made my morning uh, crazy and hectic, right? And so. I had to pull up beside this person and look at them, and I and and then they looked at me, and so I think they needed to look at me. So for whatever reason, they felt that they were in the right, and I felt that I was in the right. And it's an interesting thing when you think about it. Like you're in a conflict with someone, and at the root of it, they think you're the villain, and in your heart and mind, you think they're the villain. And in some cases, you're both right, right? And even though I thought I was the right of way, I could have made a decision and just reduced my speed. But by me responding, or I should say reacting to that person, I made it now this challenge and this fight that it didn't have to be, right? And I think many of you would listen to this and you'd probably say, well, you were in the right. If you were in front of them, they shouldn't have done it and you did you did the right thing. But was it, right? Because, you know, We've seen countless times, you know, in, in history where these things don't turn out really well and road rage is a real thing and, and things could have got really out of control. Cause I've got to tell you, if I had a battery, I may have thrown at that car <laughs> uh, or some type of coin, which is not the best thing to do, but uh, I'm not perfect. And, uh, and like, you know, I will sometimes say I, that was not a Jesus like moment for me, but I wanted to share with you just from a, a perspective of like, I had to calm myself down. I had to get myself to a place where I was like, okay, you are out of control right now. What you just went through was completely avoidable. Even if you felt you were in the right, the best decision sometimes is to work to deescalate the situation, but also work to be to a place where you say, hey, I'm just, it's not that important because it really wasn't, right? Me being in front of that person was not important. 
me sizing that person up or, or, or having to look at them was not important. And I think we get into these things quite often in life where we are drawn in to conflict and we respond and react in a way that perpetuates and exacerbates the conflict itself, right? And so I think, you know, I just wanted to share that because I thought that was super important because I hope you took the learning from that and maybe you're in a conflict right now. Maybe it's a long, you know, drawn out thing, or maybe maybe this can help you prevent the next uh, bout of road rage that you may have had before. But I just thought it was interesting as 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 I um, did some self reflection and introspection of myself of like, wow, you let yourself get there, right? And so you know, having to kind of bring my heart rate down and and, and all these things, it just was completely avoidable. And uh, it's just, you just learn you always learn something about yourself if you take time to kind of back up, zoom out, and look at how you behave. Because if I was to film myself. It probably looked extremely ridiculous, right? You know that that old adage, um, you know, never argue with fools because people from a distance can't tell who is who. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure people looking at both of us look like a bunch of maniacs on the highway. But that's not what I wanted to talk to you about. But I just wanted to share that because I thought that that was an interesting and what in the world moment. Uh, not the more funny ones that we've had, but um, a real one, uh, in, in fact. So I want to talk a little bit about. Our world is going through things as it's always is ever changing, right? And so, you know, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that Janelle and I, our story from 2008 of the economic downturn and crisis and the, the Great Recession, as it's called, uh, we went through a lot. We experienced a lot. We learned a lot. Uh, we were uh, in positions where uh, we were really vulnerable to the economic downturn. And, you know, it's interesting because when you look at it, it's 2022 now and on a way to 2023. And it's hard to think that, that, wow, that was, you know, 14, almost 15 years ago that we saw some economic downturns that were historic, right? And many would compare it to the Great Depression and, and its impact, right? And so, I don't think we're getting anything close to anything like that as we look at the uncertainty, but I wanted the listeners for the Push podcast to have some perspective on some things that I thought were super important. And, you know, I want to give context and then I'll give you like where I'm going with this. But the context is, is the economic uncertainty that we have right now. We have inflation that is slowly but not coming down at a rate that makes anyone feel good. So cost of things are extremely high. Um, we have energy costs. We have a war in Ukraine that um, we are by proxy involved with, with against Russia by supplying the Ukrainians and supporting them. But the byproduct product of that is the fact that you know cost of energy is impacted by that. Cost of food is impacted by the war. Um, not to mention the inflation that you know we've kind of created with uh, a lot of the spending our government has done uh, during COVID. Right, so. The thing that really concerns me is that all of those things kind of add up to there's going to be some type of shrinkage of our economy, right? And so, which would, you know, define a, a recession. And it's interesting because when I say that the the last time we had a, a crazy economic downturn, if you don't count like COVID time, which that was supported and propped up that economic downturn by our government and they printed, you know, 
10 trillion dollars depending on the estimates and things that you may read but it, it's interesting because like we have being at our last downturn was 14 years ago we have an entire generation of people who have never even experienced it and in fact they've only really experienced a kind of bullish market meaning that opportunities were everywhere we've even talked about how people don't stay in one job and in the last 14 years people have changed jobs quite frequently because the opportunities have been there and so what i really want to talk about is how are we going to respond as a society as a group uh and then i'm really concerned with some of the younger generations younger than me because you know like we mentioned i was in the thick of it in 2008 and i felt that economic downturn we almost lost our home we you know we went through filing for bankruptcy like we we hit the, all the rock bottoms that you can possibly hit for our circumstances. And so I feel mentally equipped because I know that at the end of the day, we're going to be okay. We'll get through it just like we got through it before. Uh, and is there uncertainty? Absolutely. But really what I'm concerned with is like, what about these folks that are a little bit younger that have only seen opportunity and how will they respond um, when things don't work out for them? And what I think is, is interesting is that when the economy shrinks, opportunities shrink along with it, uh, meaning that there's not going to be the surplus of jobs available that we've had for quite a couple of years now. Um, there may not necessarily be as many promotional opportunities for people uh, as there is or there has been over the past, you know, six, seven, eight, ten years, right? entrepreneurs will feel the squeeze because of increased costs, right? And then also if people are watching their pocketbooks, they're spending less money. And so that can put us in a situation where we're going to be dealing with a lot more rejection. And this is important because I have recently been seeing folks deal with it now more than ever. And let me just kind of give you some perspective of what what I'm talking about. So as I'm recording this, Amazon has just reported that they are laying off 10,000 corporate workers, right? So that's 10,000 jobs that um, individuals that will be out into the job market looking for opportunities. Um, Meta, you know, which is the parent company of Facebook, is laying off has laid off 11,000 people. Uh, Twitter obviously is going through some changes. 3,700 people, and I, I'm just picking a couple. Peloton that you may have recognized, 2,800. Uber 3000 and the list goes on. And so when I look at this uh, and I'm on layoffs.fyi, so far this year, 120,700 people have been laid off from jobs. That's not accounting for the layoffs that we just read off today for Amazon. So you could add another 10,000 or 11,000 to that. And these layoffs are, are I don't think they're going to stop. And a lot of them are tech companies, right? So if you follow the trends over the last 14 years, tech companies have overtaken a lot of energy companies as you know bigger bigger companies and and generating tremendous amount of profits. As we speak now, many of that has kind of flipped over and gone back to energy companies really having tremendous amount of profits, obviously because energy costs through the roof. But what that means is our lives are changing really quickly. And and it's interesting because I, maybe this serves as a public service announcement, but I, I went to the mall and I was like, man, God, you know, this is, this is you know, we got to start saving and, and really pulling back things economically. 
because you got to be prepared for the uncertainty and and how long will a recession take? I don't, sometimes a recession could be two years, it could be three years, it could be eighteen months. It's one of those things you you really don't know. And this recession will be a little bit unique because you know we have a supply chain issue because of COVID. Many things weren't manufactured, so if you have been one of those people that had to were purchasing a car and it took weeks or months, uh, or if you were looking to buy anything and for your business or for your, you personally, you found that things took a little bit longer to get is because you know, we weren't able to manufacture over the last three years at the rate that we normally to keep pace with the economy. And so what ends up happening is that you get a reduction of business because you just can't produce. But now we're in this place where I'm, I'm seeing people continue to, to spend and the debt of the United States has gone up so much in, in, um, over the last 18 months that we're breaking records uh, that people are using their credit cards more than ever. And so I went to the mall and I was like, oh my God, it's not one parking spot available. And you could not tell that we are on the brink of an economic downturn because people are out and about and spending. And, and I know they're spending for the holidays and I get that, but it makes me think like, are people paying attention? Are people really looking at what's going on? And I hope they are. I hope they are. And I hope that people are prepared for what might occur. But really what I wanted to, to say is like with the reduction and the shrinkage of our economy and the shrinkage of opportunities, from a mental standpoint, are you prepared for more rejection? And, and this is not to be negative, but this is to be real. There are four ways that people handle rejection. And that rejection could be, you know, like I said, like it'd be, hey, I'm going for a position at work. That rejection could be, I'm trying to grow my business and, I, and I'm trying to get customers and more customers are saying no than saying yes. It could be, I'm looking for a new job. And, you know, it, it, very similar to the promotion piece where they just, I, I'm up against more and more people. And if more companies have layoffs, you can imagine the competition that's going to go along with that. But the, the thing that's so important is how we handle it, right? And I thought about the, how do different individuals handle rejection? What are the types of, of ways that people handle rejection? And, you know, I was just thinking about, and I was thinking about my life, and I was thinking about uh, individuals that I've encountered. And I found there's like four ways that people do it, right? And, and the, there's only really one good way, but there are four ways that, and, and I hope if this resonates with you and maybe you identify yourself in the past of how you've handled rejection, maybe this can help you with shifting that perspective and handling it very differently. But the first one is you go out for something, you're trying to do something and you get slapped with the no. And many times it, for many people, it affirms who they are or who they think they are or who they believe themselves to be. And that really has to deal with sometimes you're faced with a rejection and you you attach it to your worthiness, whether you don't be believe you actually deserved it. And the main reason why you went after whatever you were going after was maybe you got pumped up by friends, maybe you're out of pure des desperation. But hearing the news of no affirms something about yourself that you ultimately subconsciously or even consciously believe. Maybe you don't think you're enough and you hear no from a promotion, a job, uh, you know, an opportunity for your business. And you think this is this is a sign that tells me I'm not enough. 
And the problem with that is that people stay there, right? And it, it deteriorates their self-esteem and they and they struggle to get to a place where they get to a place where they feel confidence in what they do. And this is the thing that I think I see quite often when people are very hesitant or maybe they kind of tiptoe around opportunities like, oh, I'm gonna go for it, but I know if I don't get it, it's okay, right? It, and it because what they're really saying is, I don't actually believe in myself, but the opportunity is there, so why not? Which is great that you're doing it anyway. But if you don't believe in yourself, how could anyone believe in you? And that comes across in how you show up to an interview, how you show up to your customers, how you show up in relationships. Like all those things can be feel, seen, felt, and, and found through the things that you say, that it's not a deep belief in, in yourself. And so that was kind of like number one. It's like, is this rejection, are you going to use this rejection to affirm your doubt and your self-doubt in yourself and make that something that is truly real? And now you, you use that to serve as evidence that you are not enough. Uh, and that will put you in a position where you regress completely in, in life. The second thing I've seen is that people meet rejection with rejection, right? Or outright avoidance. And I think this is a thing where people don't take ownership of the outcome. And what I mean is that every time someone says no, every time you don't get an opportunity, it is a reflection of your performance. And it's not a reflection of your worthiness like I was talking about in the first point, but it is a reflection of your performance if you understand that you always have to be thinking about how do I improve and get better? And I think the big thing is that people take sometimes rejection and, and they allow it to be something that they like, hey, I was the best, even though they don't know any other, whether it was a competitor for your products or someone else that was applying for the job that had better qualifications or better experience, or maybe they presented differently in a way that showed, gave confidence to the person that was doing the hiring, whatever the case may be. But when you meet rejection with rejection, it just leads to frustration and ultimately resistance. And that narrows your ability to actually improve. Because what you're ultimately saying is there's nothing that I did wrong. There's nothing wrong with my skill set. There's everything wrong with the person, or I'm blaming the person and making them the one that has all the power for my ability to advance and progress in life or to improve or increase my business. And, and so I, I want you to understand, like, it's okay to have moments of disappointment when it comes to rejection, but if it leads to you rejecting it or avoiding it or not taking ownership, just know that you're narrowing your ability to actually learn from the rejection. And maybe within there, there's feedback for you to actually change and progress and get better, but you can't do it because you were frustrated. Right. And so it's so I always tell people this is like frustration and stress is constricting. Right. It's just like the human body. If I have stress in my body, everything constricts. My blood vessels get tighter. My muscles get tighter. And I'm prepared for some type of response or action because of the of the stress level. Right. And. The problem that we have sometimes is that frustration does the same thing to the mind. Stress does the same thing to the mind where it narrows and you, enter, you end up focusing on the thing that you've given meaning and power to that's usually not positive. 
and you can't see anything else other than that. And so if you're blaming why you didn't get something on the person or the customer or whoever it is, you can't necessarily see and you created blinders for your, your your own self of actually being able to get better and understand, okay, what things were you missing? How could you have gotten better? What, what was the thing that um, you could adjust and modify to make yourself more valuable, to make yourself to share your experiences in a different way, to you know connect with this person from a relationship standpoint. Um, all those things are necessary in order to make good use of, of rejection. But it's oftentimes met with resistance. And that is something I think that is poison to the ability to adapt. And then the third thing I think that you know is is interesting is people are paralyzed and debilitated by rejection. And which makes this a little bit different than the other two things where it affirms who you think you are or, or you're upset and, and frustrated. It debilitates you because it creates stagnation. Essentially, it just removes, you remove yourself from opportunities in the future. And so you probably know people that a year ago, two years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, tried to accomplish something and we hear this a lot of times with business owners. They tried a business, it didn't work, so they never tried again. They basically remove themselves from the opportunity uh, bucket of being available for things that may come up in their lives. And they've said, I am now not participating in the thing that, that requires me taking a risk or putting myself out there. And that stagnation is powerful because I often see people that have been in, in positions for a long time. And there's nothing wrong with mastery, right? If you love what you do and you do it for a long time, that is good on you. Mastery is extremely difficult. We see the greatest professionals are in mastery, right? Athletes, they do the same thing year after year, but they have to continue to get better in the roles that they're in. You see this in entertainers, you see this in, and even in politicians that are in the same role. And hopefully your politician is getting better and better every single year. But mastery is important. But stagnation is very different. It's the removal of inspiration, motivation. And I think that when you have lost that ability to, to dig deep, to continue to improve, because you were met with a setback, and you keep that and you perpetuate that in your mind, for years on years, then what ends up happening is you just stop moving. And then you wake up uh, 30, 40 years later and you're filled with regret. And it could take one time, right? I went for something, I tried to start a business, I tried to build this relationship and I was rejected. And so from now on, I no longer participate in this thing anymore. I don't, I'm not in the game anymore of trying to accomplish something that I always wanted. And so then it leads to the fourth type of uh, response to rejection. And to me, this is the only one that really moves you forward, the only one you really should be thinking about. And that's is a quick acceptance. And I'm not saying that you won't be disappointed. You should. You should get a little upset. And not upset and pointing that energy towards the opportunity or the individuals that rejected you, but more upset with 
like I really wanted this and it, and this is a letdown and now I need to dig in deep and find out how I make the the right adjustments and improvements because if I am acceptant if I get to a place of acceptance the beauty of acceptance is I now can receive possibly what this gift of rejection can give me as an offering and that moves into a deeper realm of like awareness which is a synonym for intelligence, right? The more aware I am, the more I understand, the more I see, the more I hear, the, the more I, I can take something from this situation and make something out of it and make a change. And I think that we are going to have to get there really quickly because there are not going to be as many opportunities in the next two years as there has been over the last 10. And that's gonna take some adjusting. And I'm already seeing that from from time to time that when people are are told no or they've got to dig in and they've got to practice having some grit and resourcefulness and being able to per persevere, they just don't have the conditioning. And that conditioning of like I've been through something, I've prepared my mind, I've prepared my body for what it's going to have to go through in order to get what I want to get. All right, to achieve what I want to achieve. And I think that acceptance is the only thing. It's like, you know, you'll hear um, runners talk about the fact that when you're running, you want to keep things light, right? You want to keep your hands light. You don't want to be clenching. You don't want your jaws to clench. You don't want to keep your shoulders tight because all of that resistance, all of that stress that you're creating, it actually takes away from your energy. And the quicker you can get to the fact that just accepting that you're going to run for two miles, three miles, four miles, and you make things light because you're accepting every single stride, every single step, you get to preserve that energy and you get to utilize that energy to actually go further. And it plays a huge part in your endurance. And I think that's what we're going to need right now. Uh, as things change in the world and as the world becomes a little bit more complicated and uncertain, our ability to keep things light is going to be important. And I think that one of the things that we have to protect ourselves is from is three things, hopelessness, helplessness, and worthlessness. And hopelessness is when you, you're blinded and you only see, you no longer see the opportunities out there for you anymore. And mostly you don't even see th what the future can hold. And so you feel hopeless. And that is something I think that in a, in a time right now where mental health is, is extremely fragile, like people can slide into that. And I'm just telling you right now, like you gotta make sure you stay into a, in a place of understanding that the setbacks that you may encounter, the rejection that you may encounter, will work for you if you decide that they should be. If you decide that it can work for you, it will. And if you think about the rejections in your life and the meaning you give them, it changes depending on the outcome that may come in the future. For example, I remember many years ago going for a promotion at work and I wanted to be a supervisor of, I was working for Best Buy and I remember that we had a car audio department. And I wanted to be, I was like, I got to get promoted, you know, kids and I need the money. And I remember applying for this role, interviewing, thinking I was like on it and then told, no, no, 
we're going to go with someone else. And I felt like, hey, I was the best candidate because I knew the other people that were applying. But for some reason, even then, and maybe it was a competitive nature of being in sports, all I did was focus inward and say, okay, how do I get better? How do I make sure that this doesn't happen again? Well, a month later, I was promoted to a bigger department that was, you know, 400 times bigger as far as responsibility. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, it's it's crazy that if I w- would have got that role, I n- would not have been available for the other role. And it's easy for me to make that meaning because the, the time period was so short, it was like 30 days from one rejection to acceptance uh, or achievement, I should say. And I know that for some people, it may not be that same window of time. But if you take on the mindset that this setback is going to be your setup for something different, something new, something more promising, then I think it will keep that hunger going and you won't slip into this place of being hopeless. And then worse, you won't slip slip into this place of being helpless. And when you're feeling helpless is that you don't even feel capable. And that's a huge thing because, you know, Every time we go after things in life and every time we try to achieve things, those things can be difficult and hard. But as long as we feel capable, as long as we feel like we're equipped, then we'll take on challenges even if they seem insurmountable because we know that we at least have something, some evidence, some skills, some confidence that we believe in ourselves that we can overtake this mountain that it, it requires us to dig deep to overcome. But when you feel helpless and you don't feel like you have what it takes and you don't look at the things that you've accomplished in your life as evidence and you only look at the things that are setbacks or times that you did not fulfill what you wanted to fulfill, uh, that will lead you to a place where you don't feel capable and you feel like there's nothing you can do and the struggle is not something you're willing to take on. And then the last thing is we got to protect ourselves from getting to a place of feeling worthlessness. And that's when you don't believe you deserve it. And I think I encounter this the most. This is to me the most prevalent is is people are extremely talented. They're skilled. They got everything going for them, but they don't feel like they're they deserve it for whatever reason. They don't. There's an imposter syndrome where they don't feel like they actually are worth or have the value needed to step into um, their greatness. And I think that in a time where opportunities are going to shrink, and if you're stuck in a place of not feeling worthy, worthy, then you're never going to apply yourself. And the few opportunities that may come up, you have already self-selected yourself out of those things, which is going to prolong your ability to to actually advance your life, your career, your business, relationships, whatever you're you know, using this negative way of thinking to impact. So um, I hope you take this episode as a, maybe a public service announcement for yourself and what you're trying to accomplish in life as like, hey, let's pay attention to what's going on in the world and let's get our minds set up for a time that may be trying, but I'm telling you, it is super rewarding when you know you've gone through a tough time and you're well-equipped to do it. And you know that there's going to be another side of this 
Every time there's a bear market or a time of struggle or a shrinkage in our economy, on the other side, things come out bigger. There are more, after the 2008 meltdown, we saw so many more companies and so many new millionaires and billionaires come out of that because they were well-equipped. They believed in themselves. They didn't slip into these, these thought patterns that remove you from the opportunities that may be ahead of you. And so I just wanted to, on a solo tip, uh, have a quick conversation with you, hopefully give you some inspiration to push forward, to know that no matter what happens over the next you know, nine, 12 months, that you are prepared for it, you're ready for it, uh, and you're paying attention and you're keeping the right mindset. And if you do that, you'll definitely push through. See y'all later. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review you leave your handle and until next time push through